You are listening to the unscripted, unfiltered, 100% authentic podcast, The Air Raid Attack, all the way from Oklahoma City on my end. And uh, first things first, we got a wonderful show, but do not forget to uh, subscribe and download on all major podcast platforms. Follow us on Twitter at air raid underscore podcast but first things first we have the honor of having the co-host of take him home podcast and a uh diehard dallas cowboy fan miss sarah sarah welcome to the air raid and and uh, we're honored to have you on board tonight thank you i'm honored to be here looking forward to going over things talk a lot of football and lots going on so should be exciting and good show can't wait Definitely looking forward to it. And uh, for all you listeners out there and even on the live stream, uh, give her podcast uh, a listen and you will not be disappointed. And of course, joining us as well is the other half of the air raid attack, Miss Jamie. Jamie, how are you? Doing okay tonight. Doing okay. I was uh, <laughs> saying, I posted this on Twitter, but I was like, I don't remember the last time all four of my teams won in a single weekend. <laughs> Like that never that hasn't happened in so long. I can't even tell you when the last time it was. <laughs> well, I'm glad I'd, somebody I'd, has success this weekend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, <laughs> first, first things first, um, Sarah, your Dallas Cowboys, um, of course now. You know they're looking, in my opinion, looking really good. Uh, we'll start things off with Dallas. Cooper Rush, the quarterback of the Cowboys, of course, uh, taking uh, care of the commanders. No no surprise in Dallas this past Sunday. Do we actually now have a quarterback controversy on our hands in Dallas? I mean, according to Jerry Jones, maybe. But I think, um, yeah, I mean, at this point, you can't argue it. I mean, it's that old, class, you know, the classic saying, what's not broke, you mm-hmm. know, don't fix it. So at this point, I see no reason. If Cooper Rush keeps winning games, even if Dak's back 100% healthy, how do you how do you intervene and, miss, you know, switch that up? I think, again, a loss, you know, might change things depending upon Dak's health. But for the time being, I think they're going to let Dak 100% heal and keep riding with Cooper Rush because they have a good thing going right now. You know, I, I gotta, I'll be honest, I'm not a huge, huge Dallas, and not so much really. It's not so much, it's just Jerry Jones, if you're honest. If Jerry Jones wasn't the owner, I probably wouldn't have too much issues, but I actually like Cooper Rush. Uh, of course, don't know much about him, but uh, the fact that he's winning, I, I, I applaud him for because. I'll be one of those guys that probably would sat there and said that Dallas is probably out of the playoff race, or at least probably could have taken the hit here in the last few weeks with Dak's uh, absence due to his injury. But I, I, you know, I know Jerry Jones says that uh, he 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 wants a quarterback. Um, he wants a quarterback controversy. I think he's going to have one unless. You know, knock on wood, something drastic happens to Rush, and hopefully not. I do like the kids, so yeah, I I like Dallas and I like what's going on, and and hopefully, let me turn my work phone off, and hopefully he. Um, I know. Sorry, Jamie. I kind of want him to keep winning. I know. You know, I will say this. I, I I don't. I mean, my my problems with Dallas obviously is that they're a rival with the Packers, but I despise Jerry Jones. I think that man is horrible. 
<laughs> so, and I think that a lot of the reason why Dallas hasn't been successful is because he's just, you can't be everything in an NFL team. It really, it creates a conflict of interest and there's nobody to really, there's no check and balance um, with it, which has caused a lot of problems within the organization. I will say though, Dallas seems to me, to, they it seems like they have to be a little bit more creative um, with their offense, it, meaning they're forced to do things differently because Cooper Rush has different skill sets than Dak does. Um, so maybe they're not relying on Dak as much as they were and they're being more diversified um, because he isn't in there and it's just kind of opened up a whole new, you know, aspect of their, of their offense. Um, they seem to be playing more like a cohesive unit versus whereas before it seemed like it was all individuals. Um yeah. So that's that's just my outside perspective on it. I mean, I'm not gonna lie; I haven't watched them terribly a lot, but um, that's just what I've seen thus far. And I think, you know, yeah, I think Dak deserves to be the guy, um, but could could get really could get real interesting. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I totally agree and think that having to play Cooper Rush has definitely changed their offensive calling and scheme, as it always does when a backup comes in. But I actually think it might have been going the opposite way, where I think that Kellen Moore was trying to do a little too much before and overcomplicating mm -hmm. things. Um, and I think having to take a step back and oversimplify things for a backup quarterback has actually allowed them to strengthen their offense and kind of just – they have two pretty solid backs with the Pollard and Zeke duo. So they're getting back to – establishing the run, but then they're getting a healthy Michael Gallup now too. Um, so that opens things up for CD. I think just kind of stripping things back a little bit and actually making things less complicated, less trying to, you know, be too cute with it, do it, you know, kind of all the, I guess, more cutting edge, you know, whatever kind of play calling you want to call Kevin more things he does. Um, but I think stripping it back a little bit has helped. And I hope they continue with that with Dak because it's work. Like you said, it's working for them. They look cohesive. The offense looked forced, you know, early yes. um, game one in Dak's play. And it was, it was painful to watch, like really painful. So I think being able to strip it back and maybe simplify things might actually be the key for them. And I hope they just keep it that way. I'm with you on that one. Of course, we're, you know, looking forward, you know, looking to moving forward, you know, they got the Rams this upcoming week and then week five, of course, then they got, they got to go on the road to LA. Then of course, go on the road to Philly, which is always a tough place. And of course that rivalry itself is speaks volumes. He'll be, you know, Cooper, obviously, um, up against the task against the Rams, you know, you're, you know, and of course you got uh, Philly who's making a, making a name for themselves, especially Jalen Hurts, uh, an early case, in my opinion, MVP race, but we'll see how that transpires, finish out the year. Of course, then Detroit and then Chicago right before week nine by, um, I honestly can't remember when Dak is due back. Let's just say, and Sarah, I kind of want to pick your head on this one. Mm -hmm. I'll give them. Ew. This will be tough. I'm just gonna say three and one. I think they'll probably lose to the Rams and then probably beat Philly because Philly, for some reason, always loses a game at home that they're, you know, they're playing so well. But anyway, I say three and one. But let's just say worst case scenario, they split two and two. Heading into that bye week, um, do we see Dak? I mean, like I said, I don't know exact time frame on Dak. Yeah. But could we see Dak come in week ten against Green Bay on up in uh, Lambeau Field? 
Yeah, I think it definitely, from what I can keep up with, Dak's timeline is they're not really disclosing because I think at this point it it is heavily contingent upon Mm -hmm. like the fact that if Cooper Rush keeps winning, even if he's say 90-ish percent or so, I think they'll continue to hold him out until he's 100%, you know, healthy. But if things take a turn for the South, say they end up losing, you know, next two games, right? Rams and Eagles. I think he'll be jumping back in right after that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think he'll definitely plan would be for him to be back against Green Bay. But again, by some miracle, if they go for no between now and then, you know, <laughs> it's kind of like you keep going with it. But I think Dak, I'm not sure exactly the numbers, but he has a very, very strong record against other NFC East opponents. Um, so I think it's possible if he's depending upon how his progress is going, I think we might see a little bit of him in that Eagles game, especially if Cooper Rush starts to struggle a bit and, you know, especially contingent. I think they'll beat the Rams handedly, but if they do lose that game, I think Dak could be back as early as that game against the Eagles. I could see that. And I like Cooper, of course. I don't know much about him. I'm kind of looking through his stats real quick just to, you know, Central Michigan kid. I, you know, I was kind of curious where he even played at. But, you know, obviously a lot of people may may not look, but, uh, you know, four touchdowns, no inter- interceptions, over 700, 737 yards passing. Of course, the stats, uh, courtesy of the Dallas Cowboys website. But, uh, you know, not too bad performance on Washington, 15 to 27, 223, and then two touchdown passes. If anything, it's a cool story for Cooper, you know, and who knows, maybe at the trade deadline, you know, that one team might need that one backup or maybe that potential starter, Carolina. And uh, they may try to, you know, I'm not saying Cooper's going to be the savior of anybody's ball club, but if worst case scenario, I mean, he's he's done that. He's overdone my expectations. I'm not going to lie. I really thought Dallas's season could have quickly turned for the worst, but hey, he's, he's getting them the wins and that's what, you know, that's what matters in the NFL. Yeah, I think best case scenario, honestly, is there's a smooth transition from him to Dak. Like Dak's just healthy. Cooper Rush's play doesn't have to falter and Dak's able to transition in and then Cooper Rush gets a big deal somewhere else. You know, I think that'd be best case scenario for him because they say like some people, you know, talking, oh, he's definitely earned himself some money now, but it's kind of like quit while you're ahead sort of thing. Not that he's going to quit, but if he does start to, you know, look bad against a few teams like your stock goes down just as fast as it goes up. So I think he's probably hoping, honestly, that Dak comes back healthy at an easy transition point for him where he's earned himself a contract somewhere else in the future without kind of, you know, hurting his stock. Hurting his stock. Jamie, your final thoughts on, on Dallas and Cooper Rush? Um, You know, I think he's – I think he's – it's as good as anybody could have expected him coming in off the bench. And then the other flip side of this is, you know, I worry about him going into hostile environments. I don't know what to really think about. I mean, LA is one thing, but Philly going into Philly, that place is hard to play. And Philly is playing some really impressive football right now on both sides of the ball um that could be a really difficult game for cooper and philly does some they do some interesting things schematically on their defense too at times where you know a young quarterback not used to reading defenses could get could get into trouble same with the rams um defensive schemes those could give them those could definitely give them some trouble um but we'll see we'll see what happens and i you know i hope that 
you know, if Dak's the fran- the true franchise quarterback, then I don't think you rush him back. I think you ride with Cooper as long as you can and get Dak fully healthy. Yeah, I, I would say if 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 Cooper can continue to win or even keep this team in competitiveness, I think uh, the longer they can keep Dak and hopefully make the playoff push, I think the uh, I think the longer you'll probably see Dak out. But uh, switching from a hero to a zero in regards to Baker Mayfield in Carolina, of course, I got to be a little nice to him. But at this point, uh, it's it's tough to see what he's done. Jamie, I'll go uh, start off with you on this one. Baker Mayfield, 22 of 36, a really bad 197, a touchdown and two interceptions. Of course, he had two carries, but he had no yards to that carries. The Matt Rule experience, I think, has absolutely been a disaster for Carolina. I think he's like 11 of 20. He's like 11 to 26, 11 and 27. Now at this point, Baker, uh, I, I don't know what's going on with Baker. He doesn't really have much around it before besides DJ Moore, And, you know, I like, you know, Christian McCaffrey, but he's been hit and miss this year as well. Rushing it. What's the issue in Charlotte uh, is Matt rule done. And, uh, has Baker seen his best days ahead or behind him? I should say, because, uh, you know, sounds like to me, DJ Moore wants out. Well, Carolina's a mess right now. I mean, the defense is great at times, but the offense is atrocious. Um, Matt Rule's offense is not, it's not good for anybody really, but it's especially not good for somebody like Baker. Um, they just, they don't have the weapons anymore. They just, it's it's time for the Matt Rule experiment to end. I just don't think Matt Rule is a good NFL coach. Um, you know, he should probably come back to the college ranks. No, I don't want him at Nebraska. Nebraska. No, I don't want him at Nebraska. He can build I programs, though. That again, no. <laughs> um, he can build programs. He can build a program, but I don't think I, – I I'm not going to turn this into a Nebraska thing. I just don't <laughs> think that Matt Rule is the right fit for Nebraska. Um, and I'll leave it. I'll leave it. I think there are other options out there that are a better fit for for Nebraska. Anyway, I just he's not an NFL guy. Um, he just doesn't have that. I don't. I I don't know what it is to see intangible NFL coach, but you know, you look at guys like obviously Belichick was meant to be an NFL coach. Um, you know, like McVay and um, you know, even uh, you know, the DC um Todd Bowles go- coming in for Bruce Arians, you know, those guys were just kind of built to be NFL guys and I don't know, rule just doesn't speak that to me. So it's over and you know, I feel I feel kind of sad for Baker because I really do think he got shafted in the whole Brown situation. Um, you know, but at the same time, you, you got to try to make it work where you're at and do what you can do. And, you know, I, it just, it hasn't worked. And I don't think that that's on Baker. I don't think you blame Baker for that at all. I think it's, I think it's just a result of the, the OC and Matt rule at Carolina. Sarah, what's your thoughts on, on this unfortunate situation in Carolina? You know, I really thought that they could have, Obviously, we're four games in. There's still 13 to go, but this is not showing any promise in, in Carolina. 
Yeah, from, I think the issue, like Jamie said, is they're getting to the point where I don't think the team's behind the coaching staff anymore, you know, and more specifically Matt Rule. And once, you know, you lose your team's trust, mm-hmm. I think the defense, like you said, is solid, has potential, but with the offense being really, like, for lack of a better word, incapable of producing, you know, <laughs> it's kind of hard for them to stand behind it and, you know, be out there so much time on the field and keep pushing, you know, use all mm-hmm. basically faith and kind of confidence and everything. And once that's lost in the coaching staff, I think it's hard, you know, it's a difficult league to play in. You have to be all in and have things running from all ends in order to be successful. So, yeah, I also stand on the side. I do feel bad for Baker Mayfield. I think without getting too, like, psychologically into it, I feel like what happened with him in Cleveland had to, you know, he seems like someone who'd have a lot of confidence, right? But mm-hmm. I think it's all a facade. Like, I think he's actually yeah. one of those people who comes across as overly confident and is probably actually insecure. I know I'm getting, like, very deep aside from his football <laughs> skills. I like that. But, That's cool. But I do think, like, that he has been rattled by this whole thing and just isn't the same player that he once was. And that's not to say he couldn't get back there maybe eventually. But I think it's kind of similar to along like, the lines of, honestly, Carson Wentz, I think, is in the yep. same boat with that. But he just does a little bit. He's not as good at hiding it, I think, as Baker is. Um, But, yeah, I think Baker's rattled and just psychologically been impacted by this where he's just not the player he was. And he previously, like, he thrived off of his confidence, trash talk, things like that. You know, that only further potentiated his skills, honestly, in football and the type of player he was. So to have that kind of stripped away, I think we're just not really seeing the same type of player. And also, like you said, clearly not the best offensive fit for him to begin with. What that was kind of, you know, I'm at this point, I'm just kind of not really dumbfounded because he's seen a few college coaches have success. What is it about college coaches that we just have not seen that that success in the NFL? Is it the environment? Is it the play calling? Because, I mean, obviously Matt Rule, you know, um, Steve Spurrier is another one. Nick Saban didn't have much luck either. Um, Chip Kelly, another one, <clears throat> excuse me, of course, UCLA, he co- uh, former, formerly coached Philadelphia. But what is it about these college coaches that try to make that jump that we just haven't seen that much success um, really throughout history, so to speak? For yeah. me, it's a different Game. dynamic. I was going to say, go ahead, Jamie, because I don't have an answer for this one. <laughs> I think really, it's, just, it's baffling. I think it's a different dynamic. You know, when you're a college head coach, these kids are in college. You know, they're younger. They're looking up to you. They're not, you know, they're not typically making money. They're relying on the coaches to put them in the best position to succeed. You know, they, they have other things going on in their lives versus just playing football. And then you get into the league and the league is a business and everything, everything is a business decision in the league. There, there are no feelings. There's no coddling. There's no working through stuff. I mean, for the most part, it's either you play on the field and you play well or you're out. And in college, that's completely different. You know, I, I look I look back to, you know, the, the coaches that have been the most successful have always put the athlete ahead of the game. People like Nick Saban, people like Tom Osborne, they've always put their athletes as human beings first and as athletes second. And you just you just don't not to, I'm not saying that NFL coaches don't care about their guys. It's just it's a completely different it's just a completely different standard in the NFL. NFL is professional. College is amateur. It's getting, unfortunately, more professional, which I don't like um, because I don't think that these kids are ready for that. 
uh, piece of the puzzle when they come in. Um, I think you're starting to see some negative effects of the NIL era kind of creep up, but that that's how I look at it. That's what I think the problem is, is, you know, people like Saban want to like help grow the person and help them be successful in society. Whereas in an NFL, you know, work environment, you're, they're like, no, you either have your shit together or you don't. And if you don't, you're out. Period. End of sentence. That's that's my view. I don't know if that's right or wrong. That's 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 what I can. That's what I, I I've I've tried to answer this question a few times, and that's what I've come up with thus far. No, I mean, I don't even know if there's a right or a wrong answer, really, because you just and I was kind of curious because you just see so many really good college coaches. You know, Matt Rule wasn't a bad college coach. I really was disappointed he left Baylor for Carolina, but I get it. You know, it's all about the money. Of course, it's the NFL. How can you not turn that down? But you just see really good college coaches try to make a jump. Um to the NFL, and you just haven't seen that much success. So I was kind of curious uh, as as to uh, what exactly it is that the NFL is obviously um, taking care of business. But, of course, like Baker Mayfield said in his press conference after the loss uh, this past week, uh, against Arizona is he doesn't really care about the Panthers fans booing him. So that's Baker. I just hope that he can get uh, get back to get back to winning. Maybe not so much, you know, grabbing his crotch or anything, but oh boy, it's Baker. So <sighs> Baker, Baker. Speaking of booing, the Boo Birds have been very felt in week two against Houston. And of course the fan base, including myself has exploited uh, Denver at this point. Smith, <laughs> Sarah, uh, when I get from obviously I want to listen to oh, definitely a non-biased standpoint from this one, uh, 32-23 loss in Las Vegas, a loss to Las Vegas. Let me put it that way for Denver. Of course, Javante Williams out for the remainder of the season. Melvin Gordon can't keep hold of the football and the offensive line is right back to where they've been the last six years. And if Clyde, if you're watching this or listening to it later, this has been the issue the entire time. Uh, the quarterback play is practically right back to Drew Locke again. Um, what has gone wrong in Denver? And um, can is this trade? I mean, it's, it's a bad thing to say, but I'm going to say it out there. Has Is this trade going to eventually backfire for the Broncos in the long haul? I think, unfortunately, there potentially is that. I feel like I'm a pretty non-biased opinion. Like, I have nothing against the Denver Broncos either yeah. way. And same goes for Russell Wilson. But I feel like all of a sudden it's come to light to me that I feel like he's been living, and this happens a lot, but he's been living behind this reputation that is not an accurate depiction of where he's at. You know, he's kind of been, his reputation has definitely preceded him and it's from a few years of really great football, but now he's just always going to be Russell Wilson and like, he's really not mm -hmm. what that reputation is. He, and it's becoming clear whether it's getting back to just different weapons around him, different coaching staff, whatever it is. But I just feel like it's, you know, there's just that saying like you can assess the vibes and kind of know what's going on right away. And like, it's not meshing for him in Denver. I think is that all I can really come up with. Um, 
yeah, like you said, they've had some injuries. Melvin Gordon not being able to hold on to the ball is a huge issue and very frustrating, yeah. especially when your quarterback play is lacking. But, yeah, I mean, the Denver stole um, Randy Gregory, who was one of my favorite mm-hmm. Cowboys players, which is a controversial opinion, I think. Um, no, I think he got hurt. hurt. No hunter. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's – he was <clears> – <throat> A lightning rod on a field, good mm-hmm. and bad at times. And I think yeah. he got injured, actually. Um, in Sunday's yeah. game. I didn't see how long he's out, if at all. Or some he said that he's going to be pushed towards the ladder. He, he's going to be he, he's going to be missing some time. Someone commented on Twitter on the live stream that uh, potentially out for the year or so. Aww. Mm. That sucks. That sucks. So we'll yeah, at least it wasn't a suspension. That's what everyone thought it was going to be, and that was the reason he landed himself there. <laughs> Not saying <in> Dallas <laughs> that little built-in clause, but. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think it's just a matter of things don't seem to be clicking. And that's not to say it can't be turned around, but I don't know. I feel like if I was a Broncos fan, I'd be I'd be frustrated. I think that's really the best word that you can probably use to describe. And you can correct me since you are a member of the fan base, but I feel like it has to be frustrating to watch. Well, it is. And I think Wednesday, I think Sunday um you know, I know Clive would probably, if he was on, well, if Clive was on, he would probably wouldn't be talking. We'd be talking about up and down things. We probably would never finish our, our football conversation. <laughs> but, but, um, but no, I, I think really, I think it, it I, th- I think you're right. It is frustrating because, you know, we come into the season now, high hopes. A lot of people really think that this team can dethrone Kansas City. This team can make a run for the playoffs, Super Bowl, which I thought was a little too crazy. But when you have a Russell Wilson behind center, I mean, anything's possible. But, you know, Seattle's, um, Seattle's game was a little frustrating, but I get it was more emotional. So I kind of let that one slide, even though that was on Nathaniel Hackett time management wise and barely beat really a bad Houston team. And now you go to Las, you know, you, you squeezed by San Francisco and, and now you get to Las Vegas who, yeah, Josh McDaniels, but they've owned, you know, they've owned uh, Denver now seven in the last eight, five in a row. So, no, it's frustrating because, I mean, we're right back to where we are, have been the last six years. I still think the offensive um, line still, especially on that right side, is is really bad. But Coach Hackett hasn't made a name for himself yet. Hopefully his uh, play calling and his time management skills gets a little bit better throughout the season. We'll see. Well, here's the thing. I, I don't know. It's, it's bad. I don't think people realize that this is Hackett's first head coaching job ever. Um, and you, some people, it takes a while for them to get into a rhythm as a head coach. You know, they're not used to being responsible for managing the clock. They're not used to, um, you know, managing all these different pieces, managing your D coordinator, managing your offensive coordinator, managing your, you know, your quarterback coach and your special teams and, you know, down on down. So I'm wondering if this is growing pains for him. Um, You know, I hopefully he's unfortunately learned some lessons the hard way and things will start to gel better moving as you move forward through the season. Um, But I agree with Sarah, you know, it's, it, it is a different system for Russell and, you know, Hackett can be pretty innovative and sometimes you need to dial it back a little bit in order to make sure that there's cohesion 
on the field. So maybe oh, maybe simplify things like they like Dallas did with Cooper Rush, and and then start building from there. Get people comfortable, and and move forward. Um, but I, I think a lot of it's growing pains for both you know Russell Wilson and Nathan, and Hackett. I I don't like that people are all up in arms about it right now because I just I think that the expectations were too high going into the season and. You know, you got to give you got to give the guy some time to to get his his systems implemented and and get comfortable himself. No, I, I'm with you on that, and I think even though I did did hashtag fire hack it, the the only concerning part I do have, and unfortunately, I got to keep on this is, you know, man, he he's he. I have a bad feeling this could be a Josh McDaniels all over again. McDaniels lasted, what was it, season and a half? I don't think he made it through his whole second season. Um, he may have. I don't know. But uh, I think George Patton's going to at least let this one's year slide. But let's just say that Denver doesn't make the playoffs, and right now they're not in position two. Um but let's just say they don't. I don't know if Denver has another struggle year in 23. I hate saying this. I don't know if it's not time to pull. I mean, I don't know what his contract looks like and, of course, his buyout and all that stuff. But you may have to see another head coaching change yet again in Denver if if things don't pick up because, you know, the fan base. Uh, I mean, obviously, I'm out there in person. I watch them on TV and when I can and read off of Twitter, but I've never seen a fan base and, and OU, you know, here in Norman's pretty passionate about their Sooners, but man, this fan base in Denver, I've never seen Twitter explode like it has like it has really all four weeks. <laughs> man, it well, is I insane. I mean, I'm a Husker fan though, so nothing really phases me. <laughs> I mean, it's just, this is insane, but I mean, I hope it's going to be a tough short week. You know, hopefully Russ can get the start on the uh, quarterback on Thursday night. I mean, hopefully Melvin can hang on to the ball. Maybe uh, the offensive line can block for him and uh, we'll see that defense. I feel bad for it. They're constantly on that field and I just don't see how you can, uh, how you expect to win games and, and uh have your defense out there, but going back to the uh, kind of keeping in the AOC West, but not so much the West, but Tampa Bay and uh, Tom Brady, Sarah, <laughs> Tom, I like Tom, but I think his, even though I would say his better days are behind him, I still think he can play, but are we slowly, but surely starting to see the tread of Tom maybe potentially giving out, even though he really didn't have a bad game against Kansas City, 39 of 52 for 385 and three touchdowns. But how much more are we going to see of Tom? Because I know a lot of people don't like Tom Brady, but you got to obviously respect the guy. Yeah, I think I fall into that class where I like him a little bit more each year. Mm -hmm. I despise him for a while. Then you get the respect level. And now I'm kind of just like, (laughs) okay, whatever. But, you know, I definitely think so. He has this like, you know, bell curve that I think about in school, I think. And he's definitely past the peak of the bell curve. And I think we're now seeing like the rapid like decline end of it per se. And I'm not saying rapid like week by week basis, but I think for however I mean I know it's unclear on his future in the NFL in terms of playing but after this year but I think last year was kind of 
I don't think he was playing his best football last year. It was pretty close, but I think it was clear. You know, it was good football, but it was definitely on the other side of that bell curve, just higher up. I think now he's kind of heading more downward at a more accelerated pace and steeper slope. And, you know, I think it's the time. It's always weird when something like this happens, right? Like you have this image of this person who's so good and like everyone kept talking about it and waiting for it to happen. And it just seemed like it never was Mm going to happen. And we all kind of accepted that. We're like, this guy's going to go out on top and like, there's nothing anyone can do about it, but it's here. You know, he pushed it a little bit, I think. And that's his decision. If he wanted to play to this point or not, you know what I mean? Um, But I think we're clearly seeing that, you know, his playing abilities have declined and it's evident now, not just microscopic. And I think, you know, the Bucks, I don't know. I mean, they're good. Their defense is good, mm-hmm. but they're not great. And I think, again, it's a reputation of, you know, Tom Brady and all of their supporting, you know, players on the team as well that I think people assume they're going to be really good, but I, they're struggling to pull off these games. Their offense, they're putting up pretty low numbers each game. The defense luckily is keeping the opponents, you know, low scoring as well, but I'd be very surprised if they, you know, make it past like the first round of the playoffs if if they get in, which I think they will. Although the Falcons, I don't know, mm-hmm. they could be coming for them in the division. But yeah, I definitely think as weird as it is for all of us to see, especially like from a generational thing, Tom Brady's been as good as long, good as long as I've been watching football. Yeah. So to see this is weird, but I think it's here. You know, I think well, he did. I think he needed to retire after that Super Bowl with Tampa Bay. Yeah, that's my and I, I I've always thought that I know that the Bucks have been they've had a lot of injuries and I know that that hasn't helped anything, um, you know, but, you know, Arians isn't there this year. And, you know, I don't know how much that that's affected anybody or not, but um, because I like Todd Bowles, I think he does a great job. Um, he's obviously a, an incredible DC, um, you know, and left was just still there with their offense, but they've had a lot of injuries. And I don't think that that's done anybody any favors when you have all those injuries at wide receivers and, um, on the offensive line, like they have, it's, that's tough. It's tough for any team to overcome. I think that that's been a lot of, a lot of their issues. So we'll see once they start getting a little bit healthier as the season goes on um i know Worfs is not healthy at the moment either mm-hmm. um so we'll see we'll see what happens i i'm with you though I, i'm kind of starting to think brady's on the on the downswing and he should have just probably should have just stayed retired and maybe focused on his home life a little bit more <laughs> I, I i do what's up with his face i'm not trying to make fun of him what i mean i'm trying did he actually have <laughs> Did, have you seen this, Jamie? Have you ever seen it as updated face? Like his his face, his like his cheekbones or whatever. Oh, they're very sunken in. I noticed yeah. that. I did notice that actually when I was he, watching the game. Is that a health issue or is that him not eating something? It's I mean, probably I think it's some sort of the plastic surgery as well. Or like Botox, gotcha. even at a minimum. Like I feel like maybe a little Botox that went like too high up in the face here, and then everything else right. looked down. Like you know, the cheekbones are really up and tight. It's I a, think it's. I mean, it's it's evident his facial structure. Yeah, is mm-hmm. bizarre. I noticed. Looking. I was like, like, why does his face look so weird? But then I thought I was just being critical, like a critical person. I was like, ah, never mind. I won't post anything about it. But I almost, I almost said something on Twitter. Like, yeah. what is up with this man's face? Like, yeah. uh, it's either stress or there's like his cheekbones are definitely the structure of his cheekbones is is different. I don't know if he got into like Giselle's like makeup or I don't know what happened. <laughs> 
Not sure. Probably a combination of everything. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's going to be a lot of a mixture of everything in between. Of course, I know, you know, from what a lot of people like to say is, uh, you know, he has some marital issues. So I'll let him handle that one. That's that's between him and his wife. But no, I, I think I'm with you. On, definitely. I think this is down here slope. I still got to give him credit. You know, 45. I don't know what 45 year old man would want to literally, you know, get hit by big guys, younger guys, and of course on the day and weekend and week out process. So props to him at 45 and, uh, you know, maybe we'll see him at 46. I don't think so. But, I mean, for 45, he's still he's still plugging away. I mean, I think his worst game yard-wise was, was at the Saints. So, um, you know, he, he looks good for 45. Just, I think he's I think he's definitely seen his better days though. Mm-hmm. Of course, uh, you know, better days is the NFC whopping south. The Falcons, though, however, showing life. I think the Saints, but um, another in the NFC, I guess I should have said the first AOC East. Miami, of course, Tua in that uh, scary situation, of course, uh, this past week uh, against or last, what was it, Thursday against Cincinnati. Obviously, NFL terminated that third-party uh, connection with um, with that, but the concussion protocol. Besides that, who was that? I mean, who was really at fault for Tua to be out there? And of course, the on a short week where he just got what was a concussion again um, the following week prior to. Who's at fault for that? Was that the third party? Was that, or did Tua, you know, obviously I don't know what's going on behind closed doors, but did Tua tell uh, Coach McDaniel, hey, I'm going to, Mike, hey, I'm going to go out there and uh, play regardless of how I feel, or was this a legit slip up from the uh, team in that third party, even at the NFL? Yeah. I think it's hard, you know, it's hard to say. Obviously, we're not there behind the closed doors, but I think to speak and give benefit of the doubt of these guys, I guess, like, this is their, they make a lot of money. So when you say it's livelihood, it sounds a little bit dramatic because they are Mm -hmm. more than, at least two is more than set, you know, if he were to be done playing today. But still, it's their livelihood. It's their life. They're obviously clearly passionate about it. So if they, in my opinion, if they get any sort of indication that they're, okay to go from whoever that's coming from then i think they feel obligated to take it and are passionate enough to want to do that so i think i don't think two is at fault by any means for any of this because clearly you know if someone told him hey you can't play he you know he wouldn't be allowed to play right but if he gets any indication like oh you shouldn't play but you could sort of thing like that's not on him then you need you know it's a, he's, he didn't go to medical school, it's, so he doesn't have, like, the full background and knowledge, you know, to know. And I work in healthcare. I work as the PA on this, so to see that is, like, a that's a really – the fencing reflux is a very, you know, bad and scary sign and always yes. a terrible sight. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, it's just – to me, like, he – like I said, he didn't have the knowledge base to know, like, the sequela that can happen from something like this, so – if, even if he made that decision, he wasn't technically informed appropriately. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm speculating on that, but I think it's totally up to the medical staff, whether that's this independent provider. I don't know how that works with the in-house providers, you know, speaking on it as well. But if whoever gave him the green light to be allowed to play, that falls on them. 
Yeah, this was a this was a management thing, not a Tua thing. I mean, there's no way that I mean, Tua probably said, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, because he's a competitor. That's who Tua mm-hmm. is. But it's your responsibility as a medical professional to be like, no, we don't think you're fine. This, you know, you have A, B, C, and D going on. And while maybe you don't have, maybe you don't have C and D going on on day two, maybe you only have one thing going on. What I don't think was probably properly conveyed to Tua was the fact that if it was a concussion, I mean, they said it was an ankle and a back, which, I mean, I don't think any of us are that stupid to believe that, but there's no way that he knew going into this past weekend. I don't think he knew the long-term effects. If you get a second concussion that soon after having concussion like symptoms, the bad things that could, that can result from that, which I mean, at the, at the very worst is death. I mean, you, there could be brain death and Mm -hmm. you don't know the lasting effects of a concussion sometimes for weeks after the fact, I mean, you can have, it can take that long for those symptoms to unfold. And I had thought that the NFL had done a better job in hiring, um, you know, independent contractors that were not with these football teams to suss out these type of situations for happening. But it just seems to have gotten very lax this season and maybe even a little bit towards the end of last season. Um, I've noticed a few where I'm like, "Eh, that person probably should not be playing football right now. Um, It's frustrating. And I feel I feel most bad for Tua um, because it really could have it could have ruined his career and maybe it still, maybe it still does. We don't know right now. Um, I hope the NFLPA, you know, does a thorough investigation and I hope that the right people are fired and we all, meaning the NFL learns from this situation because it was bad. Well, it was scary bad. I mean, it, it like, you know, also when he got sacked and then, of course, or hit and then, of course, had the the formations of the arms. I mean, in the hands literally being froze for a while. And I mean, that's a scary scene in itself. And I can only imagine what he was going through. And, um, you know, it, it's just uh, hopefully the NFL, I think, and I, I'm glad they got rid of that third party. And hopefully they can get somewhere into more of a safer protocol, but I mean, I don't know what more safer, <laughs> excuse me, at this point you can do besides playing flag football. But, um, I mean, I know it's probably, it's above my pay grade. I really don't have an answer for it, but you know, if anybody may enlighten us, definitely know, Sarah, you mentioned about medical fears. Is there anything the NFL can do when it comes to the, at least a court? I mean, and granted, anybody can get a concussion. I don't want to just make it out to be the quarterbacks, but when it comes to this type of a protocol concussions that leads to all kinds of other medical issues currently or down the road for the players, is there anything different the league can do or is this going to have to be unfortunate? It sounds really bad, but you're just kind of yeah. screwed. hate saying yeah, it's not, I think you know, any intention. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. I think concussions are part of the game with football, right? Unless they can find right. some sort of like yeah. – 
bizarre helmet that supports the neck as well. Like that right. might reduce some, but that would significantly change the way you play football. Mm-hmm. A lot of limited range of motion. So I think, unfortunately, like from an occurrence rate of them happening, initial concussion, it's not going. I don't see any way that that can be reduced unless technology changes even further with somehow with helmets. But right. I think it's a matter of tightening tightening things up. You know, like Jamie said exactly. You know, CTE and things like this they progress from repeated head traumas. Um, so it's more a fact of limiting, you know, the amount and especially the fact that Tua came out a week later. Like that's mm-hmm. such a sensitive time frame where you still have lasting effects from the initial concussion and things these things potentiate themselves. So I think it's more just a matter of, you know, further utilizing protocols to screen, you know, players and whether that's having every player undergo a concussion screening test after each game, you know, because there's probably lots of head traumas that occur underreported, you know, each game and aren't necessarily flagged. Mm-hmm. Um, so having them go through some sort of screening after every game and then monitoring those who fail they have all sorts of tests that they do to screen for concussions but there a lot of them are subjective like mm-hmm. report you know meaning you're reporting your symptoms um i don't know if any of you like when i was in high school they started doing the concussion screening test at the beginning mm-hmm. of each season where you go in and yes. then follow yeah so i think you know they're probably doing that on a more complex level even so having those you know routinely administered to players and monitoring progress or changes in that could be something to tighten it up and i imagine that's what they'll probably do from here and then also like you said just making it as independent as possible so there's no affiliation or bias from these healthcare providers where they feel pressured by either the organization specifically Mm -hmm. or the nfl as a whole yep i think that's the i think that's the best thing that they can do moving forward is and i mean maybe even rotate them you know have a have a select have a group but rotate the providers um you know these health systems around these professional teams are they're huge i mean there there's got to be a plenty of neuroscientists and neurotrauma and trauma doctors out there that can rotate and make sure that it's not a situation where i feel like and this is my opinion i'm not saying this is what happened but with everything that's gone on within the dolphins association organization recently I have this horrible gut feeling that this came from higher up and was swept under the rug a little bit. And I mean, if that's the case, I hope that they fire a bunch of people and maybe even make them sell the team because this can't happen. You know, this is, this is, this just, that can't happen. And you're not, and like you said, Sarah, you're not going to stop concussions and injuries and and things like that this is football it's a violent game we all understand that but this could i think the fact that this was preventable is my biggest is my biggest issue well and i think you know and obviously we we're not behind closed doors so i don't know i i would hope that to uh i think he's smart enough to to uh tell Mike McDaniel in the in the front office and all the trainers and everybody involved saying, Hey, you know, oh yeah, I'm good. I'm I'm sure that probably didn't take place. I would hope not. And if that's the case, well then so be it. But no, I think uh, I think Miami definitely needs to do better and, and the league as a whole needs to look over at the overall stat. And like Sarah said, unless you make a different type of a helmet that can help with all this. I mean I've I've dealt got dealt with concussions you know, in high school and junior high and in college. I mean, trust me, it, it's not fun. <laughs> it's not fun by any means. But 
you know, at least, uh, you know, I wasn't out there the next week. But it's this protocol I think I'm hoping that they can take in place and maybe can get something into it. But, no, I, I, I agree, uh, Jamie. I think uh, something got pushed underneath the rug and hopefully Tua – I kind of want Tua to be involved just because I would hate to know that they. Oh, I think Mike froze. I don't think we froze. I yeah. Oh, he's back. There we go. (laughs) Yep, you're good now. (laughs) Hopefully, everybody heard that. I just got done saying. Uh, But uh, recap, if not, (laughs) could you hear me at least, or was I completely frozen? No, you were completely frozen, buddy. For like ten seconds, yeah. Okay, it so wasn't that, it wasn't super long. Alrighty, I might have uh, college uh, anyway. So no, I mean I've had concussions and all that, but no, I mean it, it, I hope that in the long haul, to uh, I want to hope that he had something to do with this. I have a feeling that he didn't, and uh, hopefully he's okay. I haven't heard any update on him, but um, but from a concussion to a quarterback that gets sacked. So kind of fill you in, um, Sarah. So I am not a Joe Burrow fan. I am not a Cincinnati. And Jamie knows where I'm going with this one. I'm not a, I'm not a Joe Burrow <laughs> fan at all. Uh, a good buddy of mine, Dan, the host of the uh, Time to BS podcast, thinks it's all about because LSU be Oklahoma. That actually has nothing to do with that. I, I assure you that. I think he's a bust. I, I really am getting to the point that – He's not as bad as Jamarcus Russell, but he's going to get there eventually. So, Cincinnati, I like Zach. I like Coach Taylor, Norman High. And, uh, of course, you know, I have nothing wrong with him. The issue heading into Cincinnati, what it was last year, and it was, continues to be the same, is the sack. So, I clearly said that in, the, in our little NFL preview that went just haywire, I mean, literally, at that point, just say anything and everything. I said Cincinnati was a fraud, um, that it was a one-hit wonder when it came to the Super Bowl. They don't get back, and later alone, they won't get back. They won't make the playoffs. Anyway, which leads me to this. So Joe Burrow, right now, as we speak, has been sacked 15 times, um, seven of them against in week one, I think six in week two against Dallas. His Luckily, his offensive line's kind of helped him out the last two weeks, even though he's still seen, seen grass each of those two games. Uh, he's thrown four interceptions. Of course, that was week one. He's done better since then. But uh, it's, I think, an eight to four touchdown to, uh, to, inter, uh, to uh, interception. However, am I being too? So my question to you is, is Cincinnati, is Cincinnati the real deal? Or I don't want to put words in your mouth, so I ain't going to say that. What's your thoughts on Cincinnati? I'll put it that way. What's your thoughts on the Bengals yeah. and Joe Burrow? Yeah, so I think I have to say I disagree. I am a Joe Burrow fan. Um, I do My think their offense looks. <laughs> I think their offense looks a little forced this year. That's what I'll say. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're struggling a little bit. We saw it early, definitely clear in the offensive line. Um, you know, I have to not gonna lie, I felt good about Lyle Collins going there and talking like <laughs> a big game bodyguard and everything, and then absolutely like getting pancaked against the Cowboys, spinning in all the wrong directions. It was fun to watch. But, um, yeah, I think his offensive line failed him, especially early on. Um, I think even he has obviously excellent receivers behind him, and it's still like they're not doing a great job getting the ball. Mixon isn't what he was towards the end of last year. Their run game isn't great, which, again, 
reflection on the defensive line, not sure. But I think that um, they just are, to me, those seem to be that team that like has that it factor sort of thing. Like they just played well when it mattered at the end of the year last year. And I think they'll do the same thing again this year. But I think it'll be a rocky road to get there. I don't think they're going to, you know, which they have some losses already. But I don't think, you know, I think they'll sneak their way into the playoffs and probably – I don't think it'll be Super Bowl champions, but could make a Super Bowl run um, for sure. So, but I would agree with you. I do think their offense does not look the same as it did towards the end of last year. It looks a little more paint and just not as fluid. I agree. Uh, there, There's something not quite gelling within the offense. And I'm not sure what it really is, whether it be that the run blocking isn't as good and therefore mixing isn't as good. Um, he, he, I don't know if he's, I know he's been banged up. I know he's always had like an ankle issue. So maybe that's kind of what's causing some of it. Um, but when they don't run the ball very well, that their passing obviously doesn't go as well. Um, but I, I agree. They just look, they looked a little bit of out of sorts. It's got, it's getting better as the season goes on when I think that they'll be fine. Um, I don't, but I don't really understand what the cause of that was other than there were, there were new pieces on the offensive line. So maybe that was, maybe that's caused a little bit of it um, to happen earlier on in the season. Um, Yeah. Mixon isn't as strong. So I'm kind of hoping they, they maybe find a back, you know, this next draft to fill that, to fill that plug. Um, But the receivers are still great. Burrow's still great. I know you don't like him. I don't think he's a, I do not think he's a Jamarcus Russell. I I just don't, I don't see that as Burrow's path. Um, What about Johnny Manziel? No, because he's not an idiot. At least Joey B has his head on straight. Johnny (laughs) Manziel is a freaking train wreck. Um, <laughs> no, I think, I think the Bengals will be fine. I think they get to the playoffs. I think, I, I, I think that they're going to be fine this year. Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. What about him? Joe Burrow. Is not Baker Mayfield. No. Disagree. I think it's two against one here. I'm fine with that. Uh, speaking of Cle- <laughs> speaking of uh, teams B, as we start slowing down to what I consider the second half of the show, uh, Buffalo looks really beatable, but I still think that they're the best team in the AFC. Um, Jamie, your thoughts on the uh, win, even though Baltimore had so many opportunities to beat Buffalo on Sunday, but, uh, you know, I think it's Kansas city, Buffalo and everybody else is in the dust right now in the AFC. Um, your thoughts on Buffalo so far, even though the last two weeks, again, kind of been rough for the bills. You know, I don't judge really. I don't really judge the bills. These past couple weeks, they have so many defensive injuries. Mm -hmm. It's hard to, it's hard to really judge what's gone on. Um, the last couple weeks because of that reason. I mean, I feel like half their injury, <laughs> half of their defense is injured right now. So as long as they get, as long as they get those pieces back healthy um, as the season, you know, as we get into the later part of the season, the Bills will be fine. They're, they're, a, they're a very, very, very good football team. The Chiefs are a very, very good football team. Um, I would say that those teams are probably the elite in the NFL and I'm not sure that there's really anybody 
even on the NFC side that's that's at that level. Because the Packers aren't right now. Um, so yeah, that's just that's just my opinion. I, I like Buffalo. I just think I'm not, I can't judge for what's happened, and because they've still, I mean, you know, they still almost won, and then they did win <laughs> against the Ravens. Um, so that just shows you the that just shows you the heart of that team, and that they'll they'll fight. And that that to me is how you win is how you win games, especially going into the playoffs. Go ahead, Miss Sarah. I feel, I mean, I think I feel pretty much the same. I, I'm from New York. I've adopted Buffalo as my New York team. Obviously, it would not be the Giants, and Jets are okay. Um, so, I think lately, <laughs> they've shown they can win it always. You know, winning big, won a close one last weekend. So, if I was uh, part of Bill's Mafia, which I guess I can consider myself a secondary member of, I mean, I'm excited. <laughs> I think um, they're exciting, and as long as they can stay healthy, I think they're a clear favorite for the Super Bowl. I still stick to... Uh... I have them going 15 and two. I, I don't know who said that. Somebody dealing the NFL thing. Uh, I definitely don't have them going 15 and two. I do think they're a really good team. I think unfortunately injuries have kind of hit the, the, them on the uh, defensive side, but I think they'll be perfectly fine. Um, speaking of the Super Bowl, we got a question. Um, come on. There we go. Uh, this goes for all three of us. Does Philly make the Super Bowl this year? I, I don't want to answer that. To answer. <laughs> I don't that? know. I, you know, it's possible, but I just, I don't think it's going to happen this year. I feel the same. I think they're a Super Bowl caliber team, but, you know, because they've kind of had this rather rapid, um, you know, increase in success, at least that we can see thus far, I think they're going to lose a disappointing one in the playoffs. I think just whether that's not in, not really an inex- experience, I guess, in the big moment. I think they're a Super Bowl caliber team, but I don't think they're going to win it this year. They're just not quite there yet. Yeah. Just like I felt the bill, I felt that way about the Bills last year. I just felt like they yeah. weren't quite right. They just weren't quite there yet. This year, they might get over that hump. So we'll see. We'll see what happens between them and Kansas City, but they might. See, this was a tough one because in the NFC, the South, I don't really see anybody making a run. Dallas. I kind of want them to keep with Cooper Rush. I think he's really got them going, but I'm sure they'll go back to Dak, and we all know how that sometimes may or may not go for them. Um, the Giants are too up and down. Um, okay. Um, the two up and down, you know, Washington. You know, the Rams, I don't know what week you may or may not catch them. Arizona, Cliff Kingsbury, and... He as a head coach, he's not a second half guy, so obviously that rules him out just from that stat alone. I don't know. I, I in Green Bay, I still think probably the favorites besides the Rams, but I don't know. I, I like Jalen. You know, I still think of him more, more of a Bama quarterback than Oklahoma, but he's got the talent around him. The thing I think I might have mentioned it earlier. Is Philly loses the teams, aka the well, even though they won, should have lost in Jacksonville. But um, 
they lose the team they're not supposed to lose. And I think that's what is going to get them either. If they do, and I agree with Sarah, if they do get into the playoffs, they're going to be a one team and that's going to be, that could be a one, one round exit. If they don't make the team, if they don't make the playoffs because they lost to probably three teams, they should have overall beat. Um, uh, probably not, but I won't be surprised if they at least get to the NFC Championship game. But uh, I do like his receivers a lot, and um, I mean anything's possible. I don't know the schedule from here on out. I mean, there's still a lot of football to be played still, so anything can happen. I mean, not to knock on you, Fly Eagles, Fly Crew, but Jalen Hurts could tear an ACL, and your whole season's out of the window. So you would say that. Uh, well, I'm trying to help Sarah out. <laughs> I mean, I come on. <laughs> we don't cheer for injuries, but. <laughs> no, I mean, anything could happen. I mean, you could have Devontae Smith. I mean, um, you could have uh, Miles Sanders. I mean, injury, a.k.a. Denver. Injuries can play a, can play a role in the season. There's third, third still 13 games left. So, no, the answer question, I don't see Philly making it, but I will say. That I would not be surprised if they make it to the NFC championship game. So that would not be uh, a surprise. But um, final few questions. Number one is, speaking of your Dallas Cowboys, uh, Sarah, does, set, uh, does Dallas win the NFC East? And uh, could you see them making the play- uh, playoffs? Could you make it? Could you see them in the Super Bowl this year? Uh, this is a tough one because it, it can go many ways depending upon Dak's health and where Cooper Rush goes from here. I'm not going to lie. I'm worried about the Eagles winning the division mm-hmm. um, for sure. Like I, you said, though, I could see them. I mean, they're going to play the Packers, which I right. think they'll lose to. But they're playing that whole division. So, the you know, they get to play the Bears, the Vikings, who are solid teams. But I could see the Eagles losing two or three of those that they shouldn't. In which case, yes, I do think the Cowboys will easily um, top the Giants and the Commanders. And it's going to come down to them um, and the Eagles. But I would love to see them in the Super Bowl. So maybe if I speak that into existence, it will happen. <laughs> but it's hard to call a team... I guess when you're playing up with your backup quarterback, there's so much unknown that it's hard to say, yeah, mm-hmm. we're, we're going to the Super Bowl. So I think I need a little bit more time to be convinced, but I definitely can be convinced on that. <laughs> I mean, they have the talent. Uh, Let's, I mean, oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, their defense is incredible. Yeah, yeah, Dallas has the talent. It's just whether or not they can they can put it together or not. Right, and adversity and everything with injuries and stuff like that and getting it yeah. all together. So Yeah. Agreed. Jamie, do you see uh, Dallas making the play, uh, winning division? Of course, then uh, potentially seeing them in the Super Bowl. Well, no, because they'd have to beat the Packers. So no, <laughs> I'm gonna pass. Touche. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna pass. I could. I just think I could see them. The I could see them in the division. Well, I think Dallas. W- <laughs> It's no knock on Dallas. It's just honestly got the truth. They got to learn how to one win a playoff game, which yes. they ha- haven't had much success on. And then number two, can they carry that on to the second playoff game? And that's hasn't happened since '95. Um, but um, do I think they win the division? Well, I got to stick to what I just said about Philly. They lose about three or four games that they shouldn't. So I'll say that they probably will win the division. Um, Dallas, yes. And then Super Bowl, I don't uh, no, no. 
Well, well I mean, again, you gotta get see who he played off, but currently, right now, no. Even though Cooper Rush for MVP, it'd be kind of cool. You gotta root for the kid at this point. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. I like the kid. Um, alrighty, cool. Um, okay, well, now we're on this Aaron Judge watch here. Um, no, but we're not. Uh, nobody cares well, about baseball. According to uh, the MLB, so I <clears throat> real quick way off not football topic. Um, Sarah, you are a a golfer, is that correct? Yes, aspiring. <laughs> is there any? I, I respect that. Um, a decent, pretty good. The reason why I asked that because I got a buddy of mine. He's a big time golfer. He's just kind of wanting to know what your game was like. Yeah, so to be honest, full disclosure, I don't keep score when I play golf yet. <laughs> I'm not there yet. I'm a very competitive person. And so I, this is, I live in the Northeast. So my golf season mm-hmm. is short living up in New York. Um, so I only get really a couple months of solid golf. So this was my third summer really playing. First year I started late. So I probably should start keeping score soon because I feel like I'm at that point. <laughs> but um, I pretty much only keep score on the holes that I get a par or my rare like birdie that I've had. So, and that's not often depending, <laughs> depends on the day, but it's a, um, I was a former college distance runner for a long time and I've kind of given up competitively running. So golf was a really good transition for me for like a competitive outlet, introspectively, not competing against anyone else. Um, but it's, it's tough. It is a mentally gruesome game. I'm spiking my clubs sometimes I'm angry. And then the next day I love it. And I'm like, I can't wait to go back. Like I should call out of work to play golf today. Um, so it's an emotional roller coaster, but I like it. I think it's a lifelong sport. So that's what I'm excited for to keep playing. Um, so yeah, I don't, I can't say like what my handicap or anything like that is. I'll report back once I start keeping score, but for now, for now, I'm just out there um, trying to piece it all together. I, I respect that. I respect that. Yeah. It's a tough one. But yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't golf. I, I, I'm, I, I tried one time and for many reasons, I'm like, this is not my thing. I'm not going to, I'm not going to partake. I'm good. No, it's a stressful hobby. It's not, mm-hmm. um, I'm like, hobby. this is That's not relaxing. Sure. Like, there's nothing yeah. relaxing about this situation right now. My brother mm-hmm. golfs. He loves it. And there's a lot of people in my family that golf, but I'm like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm out. Y'all have fun though. Yeah. I'll drive the golf cart and drink. If you <laughs> I can, I can do that. <laughs> no, that's okay. good. I don't mind golfing it. If I, if when time allows, it's pretty fun. Yeah. It is a but time consuming hobby too. That's yes, for sure. It is. <clears throat> and I'm like, Sarah, I don't keep score. Cause yeah, it wouldn't be pretty. Why do that to yourself? Yeah. Yeah, that's the discouraging part. You realize, yeah, I'm not there yet. I'm like, no, yeah. you're not going to get there yet. It's all right. Um, Sarah, who has your been surprised team so far in the 2022 season? And who is your disappointing team so far? Yeah, I'd say I'm so far surprised by Jacksonville. To be honest, they looked so bad last year. And I was quick to hop on the Trevor Lawrence is a bus train. Honestly, mm-hmm. I didn't really watch too many games because they weren't very exciting. So it's kind of easy to just hop on that without real any solid, I guess, background to go off of. But I've been surprised with how they played so far this year. Pretty tough games so far and some surprising wins. So I'm excited to kind of see where they go. Um, in terms of disappointment, 
not to don't kick me off the show for this, but I have to say Denver. I think um, you said it yourself. A lot of hype going into the season (laughs) with the talent, new quarterback. Um, So I think so far they've been a disappointment, but very early. Still some time to turn it around. It is. No. And I think that's why I think we always include myself. I'm talking to myself as well. I think we still miss that. We still got 13 games. I mean, anything, you know, anything can happen in the next 13 games. But um, Jamie, your surprise team. And then uh, same question, surprised and then uh, disappointing. I mean, I'm with Sarah on this one. Jacksonville has really impressed me. They are fun to watch. They they've really played well as a team. Um. I like watching their offense. I like watching their defense. They've got some, they've got a great defense. Um, Definitely have some big time playmakers on their defense. So yeah, I've been pleasantly surprised by Jacksonville. Um, Disappointment. I would probably say mm, maybe the Raiders. I guess I, I guess I thought coming into the season that the Raiders would be better than they've been. Um, And they just, they just haven't. They've, they've not been great at all. Um, you know, I didn't think that Devontae would have the seasons that he's had with, with Aaron Rodgers, um, obviously, because Derek Carr is not Aaron Rodgers. Um, so I right. knew there'd be a little bit of fall off, but I would have I would have suspected that they, they would be better than they've been this season. Um, even defensively, I would have thought that they'd be a little better. But, you know, anything can happen. We're still early in the season, so who knows? Well, no, I'm with you on that one. No, I think surprise would be <clears throat> Doug Peterson and the Jaguars. I, I, and I, I gotta own up. And I, I gotta text him later on the night. I gotta own up because so far, you know, Clyde in the NFL preview had Jacksonville winning the South, and currently we all laugh at him. Yeah, we all laughed. I'm like, dude, I know you're from Colorado. He's a good buddy of mine. I was like, dude, I know you're from Colorado. You're probably smoking some of that stuff that's back there. But, dude, there is no way Jacksonville is winning the South. And right now they're tied for first. I mean, <clears throat> so, no, I go Jacksonville. So, congrats. So far, uh, Clyde, you're looking like a genius. Uh, disappointing. I would have to say Denver. I just don't know who else would be that mix besides Denver. The hype was there uh, preseason, offseason, preseason, and heading into the season. And I think, uh, you know, I think right so far they're just being pushed around, uh, you know, offensively. They're just not clicking really on all cylinders, play calling to getting the play to the quarterback and so on and so forth. So I would have, unfortunately would have to say uh, Denver would be my disappointing team, but uh, this four, there's what, 13 games left. So, you know, the number 13 guys, uh, there's 13 games left. Anything can happen, but their, their tough stretch of football games is going to be happening in the second half of the season for them. And if they, get, if they lose to the Colts, I think we get Jacksonville after that. Um, if we lose to the Col- okay, so we got the the Colts coming up next, and then uh, we got the Chargers and then the Jets. I mean, uh, that's gonna suck. Uh, and then I think Jay is actually after that. If they struggle heading into the bye week, I'm gonna be concerned for the second half of the season because the bu- second half of the season is is absolutely brutal for Denver. So hopefully they can get everything. Uh, long story short, hopefully they can get everything figured out and. Uh, Hopefully Nathaniel Hackett can uh, get something going, but that's what I would say uh, will be my two teams. Agreed. Uh, 
Uh, let's see one more. Alrighty, one more. If the oh okay, now I'm surprised we didn't talk about that one. Sarah Mike McCarthy, if he is fired, indeed, which you never know, may could or may or may not happen. We don't know yet. Who would be a head coach you would like to see in Dallas? Trumping. <laughs> I've been behind that train this whole time. I am not. I mean, Jamie, you can let me know what you think about Mike McCarthy. You probably have a different view from him than I do, maybe, but. I can't stand McCarthy. I haven't been a fan of him since the very beginning in Dallas. I'm not saying Jason Garrett was the guy. He wasn't, but I'm not a McCarthy fan. His clock management is terrible. He's question when he's involved in play calling, it's questionable. I just I don't know. I can't get behind him. I've heard he does some good things in the locker room to like corral the guys, whatever, but I his sideline presence is just isn't doing it for me. I just I'm ready for him to be out. I was mad when Dak got injured initially, partially because I was like, This is gonna extend Mike McCarthy's stay in Dallas because he's playing with the backup quarterback. Cooper Rush has been good, so maybe not, and they've been winning some games, so I don't see him getting fired midseason. But if they definitely don't win a playoff game or maybe even come away with the, you know of an early exit i think he's gone in dallas i'm not a mike mccarthy fan i never was good even when he was at the packers i was like yeah not he he was never my yeah he's never been my favorite so i i'm with you i don't think he i, I don't think he's a very good nfl head coach i think he in a lot of ways wasted aaron Rodgers's prime years um not that Obviously, Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers, but I think that there were a lot of things that McCarthy did that prevented Green Bay. Them, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, nope, not a McCarthy fan. I'm with you. I And I, I was really shocked that Dallas went that direction anyway. When they hired him. I was like, hmm, that's sure interesting, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> you do you, Jerry. You do you, man. <laughs> Mm-hmm. No, I I got an interesting one, uh, and I do I do think Mike McCarthy. It, I think unless he wins a Super Bowl or something, maybe happens to where he can uh, he can um, show why he can stay there for another year. I'm gonna go out on a limb, and uh, I could see Lincoln Riley being and being Dallas. Hmm. I'd be open to that. I'm open to anything at this point, though, so I'm going to agree with anyone who's not Mike McCarthy. That's pretty much the case here. So, I think I think it, us in Green Bay felt that way too. Just give us somebody else. We don't really care something. who, but something. Yeah. And as we uh, end the show on that. On that uh, breaking news for all you Major League Baseball listeners out there, Aaron Judge becomes the American League home run king. He has uh, passed uh, Roger Maris's 61 home runs. He has has hit home run number 62. So the Yankees better pay him because uh, <laughs> the Yankees better pay him because I'm afraid he's going to be leaving the Bronx if they. Uh, Especially if they don't, if they, especially if they win a World Series. So, congrats to Aaron Judd. That's pretty cool. So, that's all I got for you guys. Yeah. In baseball. Congrats, Aaron. Thanks for not interrupting congrats. the football games anymore. Yes. You. That's a, a good way to end it. <laughs> I was so annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not interrupting my football. I don't care. Yep. 
<laughs> and uh, Fox News has now just sent the notification out. So everybody, a 61-year-old record. Uh, there you go. But uh, first things first, Sarah, it was an honor having you on talking uh, NFL football. And uh, we'll definitely have to have you back on, uh, let's say, probably halfway close to postseason and uh, do this all again. Yeah, I love it. It was a blast. I would be happy to come back on and see if we can either get both of you one you on our Take Them Home podcast as well, do a little swap or mashup episode. That would be great, but it was a lot of fun. I'll be down for that. Just let me know. Yeah. All right. Thanks a lot, Sarah. Have a good night. Are you listening to Thanks, guys. You've been listening to the Area Talk podcast, Sarah, the uh, co-host. And last thing, last, where can all the listeners find you at on the podcast and the uh, on on Twitter? Yeah, so our podcast is at the Take Em Home Podcast on Apple and Spotify. Same as our Twitter. That's our Twitter name. And then I personally am on Twitter as at the football girl, but GRL. Specifying, not girl, girl. A little bit said differently. <laughs> so <laughs> that's where you can find us. Um, take a listen to our podcast. I think similar vibe, you know, as you guys kind of just talking sports, really. Football primarily. I say talking sports, but it's predominated by football this time of year. Yeah. So, Yeah. And all you listeners out there, if you are going to follow, please be respectful. Just yes. that's the main thing. Yes. Be respectful. Thank you. Please be respectful. Yeah. Boys. Let's be nice, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so, but Sarah, the co-host of Take Them Home podcast, joining us on the air rate cut. Air raid attack. I can't even now. I'm disappointed about the number 62 now. But uh, Jamie, have a wonderful weekend. And uh, Sarah, you you as well. And uh, you've been listening to the Air Attack podcast. Listen to us all major podcast platforms. Follow us on Twitter at air raid underscore podcast. And we will see you all next week. Have a great rest of your week.